am Chris Chouse, and this is Straight Chubb, the fantasy football podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Headliners. Welcome back to the show. I am joined, of course, by the man himself, Mr. Chris Kennedy. What's going on, buddy? You know, before we, we got onto the show, you know, you were like, oh, do you have any, like, you know, do you have any airing of grievances that you want to talk about? And I was like, not really. I was like, but I do have an airing of celebration Ooh. that I would love to share with, uh, with the viewers. Share it And up. so... So where, where I currently live on Martha's Vineyard, it's a very tourist attraction place. Okay. It's, it's very seasonal and our summers are great. You know, the, the, the tourists absolutely are the reason why our local economy can, can really thrive, you know, um, you know, during the off season. Mm -hmm. So every Labor Day, us, you know, Islanders or, or Vineyarders appreciates all of, all of the, the tourists. Absolutely. Um, but it's nice when Labor Day comes because that's when everyone kind of starts to go home. The kids are going back to school, you know, people are going back to work and and there are some that are still working remotely. Um, but to like see the the, you know, thousands and thousands of people pile onto the ferries to go back to to their homes wherever they may be, mm -hmm. you know, because wherever they stay here, it's like their second or third home, which which must be nice, you know, to have multiple homes. Sure. <laughs> And so for me, it's kind of like, you know, yeah, like, th thanks for coming. We'll see you next summer. Let us have our island back. So it's it's I'm super excited for Labor Day. It's always great because it's always the, the kickoff for football as well. So, you know, things are getting quiet. They're getting peaceful. And the fantasy football season is just ramping up and we are in full go mode right now. It's absolutely phenomenal. So you are basically the anti-board of tourism for the vineyard right now. You're basically telling everybody to get the out of here, right? <laughs> Listen, you, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. You can't stay here, man. So get the hell out and don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out, man. <laughs> the anti-tourist board in the Martha's Vineyard president and CEO, Chris Kennedy. But please do come back next Memorial Day <laughs> through Labor Day. That would be appreciated. That would Thanks. be good stuff. But you weren't lying, man. We got a ton of stuff to talk about. Football is back, baby. Thursday night football. We kick off the regular season. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I say it a lot on this show, but my pants are legit wet right now because, I mean, I'm so excited. This has been a long time coming now. We've been waiting. We've been patient. And we got games. We got news, Chris. I mean, let's start off with some big news. We got breaking news. Two items today, man. Breaking news, baby. Latavius Murray. He just gets cut by the New Orleans Saints. We had this discussion on previous shows before, and we're like, there's no way Lat Murray is going to get cut. But, I mean, they they said it. I, I believe the news reports uh, suggested that it was a casualty hit because they mm -hmm. asked him to take a pay cut and i'm sitting here it's like yo man it's september uh, 7th and you're asking a guy to take a pay cut now what bills do you gotta pay man that are that urgent that you gotta cut this man right now well that's the thing is why did you ask him like a month or two ago be like hey, oh right? hey do you think you might want to take a pay cut or let's restructure your contract or something it's like no we're gonna wait until the week of days before our first game of the season what do you think the guy was going to say? Oh yeah, sure. Absolutely. No, no, you give, you give him some time to think about it and then maybe you can come to an agreement. You know why though? I was, I was going to sifting through some of these things and I think they're trying to sign a, a true font because they have a defensive back need galore and they're just broke. The, the saints are broke. We, we joked earlier that they need a GoFundMe page because they got no money. And I don't even understand how they don't have money because didn't drew Brees money come off the books. Like how are these guys so broke right now? 
But Lat Murray, I mean, where does he go? He's got to latch on somewhere. I mean, he's got a very good skill set. He's kind of that thunder to someone else's lightning. And, and you know what? Selfishly, I look at my Bills and I say, this is something the Bills don't have. Come on down. I mean, good God, man. It, every time a free agent appears, you know what? I think the Bills could use them. And you sometimes see? I do agree. Sometimes I do agree with you because I do think that there, <laughs> there are certain needs and, and whatnot. Um, with, with Latavius Murray, he's going to get offers because he is a veteran. He's somebody who is going to be a really nice complimentary back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baltimore was an option, but they, you know, they, they recently have picked up a player that we'll talk about in just a second. Mm-hmm. And as far as like other teams, I mean, maybe Miami takes a look at him. I think that could be an option because they, as much as I would hate it for, uh, for your boy, Ahmed, you know, that could certainly be, be a choice there. Stop it. Um, I know I'm telling you, um, Stop it. Stop but it right now, I, I don't approve of that <laughs> suggestion whatsoever, but go ahead. But yeah, like, you know, there, there are other, other different, you know, scenarios that we could be talking about here, but I mean, it could be another situation. Maybe he goes to the Las Vegas and just screws up everything over for the Raiders, you know, or, or the Houston Texans. Cause you know, they don't sign enough because, players this off. Season. No, cause they, they need 12 running backs on their, on their That's team. Right. So yeah, absolutely. Well, because Tyrod's now named the starting quarterback. I mean, they're going to puncture his lung probably pregame again, and they're going to need somebody to throw the ball. So Lat can do that. Yeah. And you know, when, when you had the saints, you know, they needed to free up some cap space, like as of like right now, They've got a hot $2 million in cap space. <laughs> Just okay. enough for true fun, man. That's exactly what they were doing. I don't understand. You know, it's got to be that dead cap on the retirement money for Breeze that's still holding them in check. But I mean, even the LA Rams, I know they picked up a Sony Michelle. I wouldn't be shocked, man, if they go out and they, they take a flyer on that and say, you know what, we're, we're trying to build something. We're trying to go ground two, ground heavy, and it's just going to open up yeah. a play action pass. That could be a match, too. You don't know. So the Rams are actually one of the three teams in the league right now that are currently over the cap. Okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah, the, the Rams the Rams are over by almost a million dollars. <laughs> I, I haven't I haven't updated my books lately, man. I'm not even paying attention to salary cap because we got fantasy football problems, and and you know, oh, yeah, it is what it is. But breaking news, like you were saying, the Baltimore Ravens, man, they uh, big big injuries again. Justice Hill, he tears his Achilles. He is out for the season. It's not as if we believed that Hill was going to really do anything uh, magical in this offense. Maybe a sprinkle here or there of PPR upside, but I mean, nothing to get uh, fantasy viable and overly excited about, but they entertain uh, Mr. Le'Veon Bell. He comes to the building. He signs a contract. He is now on the practice squad, uh, squad uh, apparently what, going through COVID protocols, I'm assuming, and he should be ready to go uh, probably week two. I don't think he's going to be able to go week one, but I mean, what do we see with this sign? This uh, obviously for me, it doesn't impact uh, Gus Edwards because, you know, his role was already predetermined, in my opinion. I mean, this has been the opinion of Jake and others and, and yours as well. And I mean, uh, I mm-hmm. really does Bell really have a big role. And if they're going to utilize him kind of like they did in KC, I mean, I, I don't see really much viability here from him either. No, if he's being utilized like he was in KC, he's not even really rosterable, to be honest with you. He's not somebody you should be drafting or picking up a, or spending you know, a whole bunch of fab money on. The guy you should be trying to pick up right now is Tyson Williams. Like mm-hmm. That's the guy that most likely is going to be the number two option in Baltimore. I think he can definitely be a top 40, you know, half full PPR kind of a guy. That would be a really nice compliment to Edwards. And I get it. Bell is that that shiny name. It's going to be the same thing if Todd Gurley ends up going someplace. You know, it's, oh, it's a familiar name. I got to pick him up. 
but don't let the name fool you because what have they done for you lately? Correct. And he, what has he done? He's done nothing for you lately, except, you know, make you cry in the corner with tissue. And, and you don't want that again. You don't. But I, but I mean, kidding aside, we haven't, I mean, we haven't forgotten about 2018. No, okay? we, we haven't forgotten not, about that. Yeah, You hurt my feelings big time, sir. And that, that one sucked. But I mean, if we're, if we're talking Lev seriously and, and we're talking potential, he needs an injury to basically become relevant in this offense. I would want to think because outside of maybe going to, you know, dump offs and, and situational football, I mean, really, you can't trust anything that he's going to put down at this point unless another injury transpires. I completely agree with you. I mean, it was it was kind of like last year, you know, you know, if CEH had gone down with a major injury and Bell was going to be the guy, then I would have absolutely loved him. But right now, an NFL team is not willing to make him that workhorse back that he was years ago back in Pittsburgh. So if he is just going to be a complimentary back, I don't really see him being, you know, fantasy viable at this point. And, and I mean, does he have much juice left in those legs? I question it. I think, you know, ever since the holdout, he's never been the same. Granted, has he had the full opportunity? No, but I mean, they watch these guys in practice every day. So, I mean, they know better than we do on what skill set remains. But I mean, it is breaking news on a Tuesday, man, right before the season Thursday. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, Chris. I mean, I, I, I can believe it because I, I read the report, but me, <laughs> me too, man. So it is believable. <laughs> Wayne Goldman. This one was interesting. He signs on, he latches on, and I'm actually happy for him because I'm rooting for Mr. Goldman. I like, you know what? At the beginning, we're all, you know, clowning Goldman and being like, who is this guy? He's terrible. He can't do much. He started to pick up some steam and in the previous uh, two seasons, and I, and I like his game. I think it's very well-rounded. He's never going to be that flashy guy who's going to, you know, take make everybody take notice. But he lands with the Atlanta Falcons, signs his deal, and the Falcons, we knew, we discussed this many times, that the Falcons needed to add something. And I thought it was going to be something more of, 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 of a speedy back rather than a guy like Wayne Gallman, who kind of mirrors this, a very similar skill set to Mike Davis. But I mean, here's the thing. I, I don't think a lot of people are talking about this and they should because I think it's legitimate that Wayne Gallman actually steals a lot of carries from and, and touches from Mike Davis this season. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked. I think Mike Davis is like we saw with him, you know, last season in Carolina. He got a ton of the passing work with CMC out for the majority of the season. Um, so maybe the kind of the roles kind of switch a little bit as the season progresses. Maybe Gallman becomes more of that first, second down guy or, you know, gets more of those touches and then Davis becomes more of that, that satellite back. I don't, I mean, I think the team in general is kind of in limbo right now with their very questionable defense, no Julio Jones, mm. you know, their, their offense is going to be looking for answers here. And am I, I'm personally not drafting Mike Davis in any leagues. I mean, there are other guys that are, have been going right around the same area as he, where I'm just like, you know what you take Mike Davis. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'll eat that crow, but I'll, I'll let somebody else deal with it. And it's truth because I was of the same opinion is that his value to return on investment was just way too risky for me. And I get it. I mean, he put up all that productivity when, when CMC went down, but it, we saw it taper off big time. So was that a fabric of too much workload for Mike Davis, or was that just, you know, how the offense just kind of progressed through the season? I, I really question if he can be utilized as an RB one. And I think that's why when you sign a guy like Wayne Gallman, who has proven to carry loads in certain games, you have that question mark in the uh, in the Falcons house as it is right now because you've been seeing it through preseason and training camp and you're like okay he can do it but I mean are we comfortable letting him do it you know what I'm saying 
Yeah, and I think the I think it's it's kind of still out for the jury there because with Mike Davis, he's got that one year under his belt of being able to kind of carry that workload. And yeah, he did a great job for Carolina. He had a phenomenal season last year, but the majority of the reason why it was is because of all of that receiving work that he had for the team. And I just don't know if he gets that same kind of workload in Atlanta. And that's where I'm at because you bring in, okay, fine. Julio's gone. We know this, but you bring in Kyle Pitts, you got uh Ridley and then, okay. The, the third uh, receiver is basically up for grabs. It's going to be gauge to start, but I mean, they have weapons on this team. And, and I think that Matt Ryan is still going to be, we forget about uh, Hayden Hurst. I mean, he's going to still have a decent role. I would assume. I mean, right. double tight end sets, he's going to have a decent role, at least what maybe end of season 35, 40 receptions, maybe, but I mean, that's still workload. I, I don't know. It's that's, that's why I'm with you, man. I was never on the Mike Davis thing going to Atlanta. And then, I mean, but Wayne Gallman to me, I think as the season progresses, as it moves forward, his role is going to continue to expand. And I think, I think he's going to be a, maybe a matchup player uh, as the year moves forward. But I mean, it, it's still to be seen. Like you said, the jury is still out, but I like Wayne Gallman. I'm rooting for him. I hope he does well in ATL. I, uh, I mean, I just, I just remember seeing, I remember that one season, uh, I believe it was two years ago when Barkley went out. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't the ACL. It was, uh, I don't the know if it was ankle, high, high ankle, ankle sprain. Yeah. Yes. When, when the giants rushed him back and he, it took him a few games to get back on track, but then everybody rushed to the waiver wire to grab Gallman and he just disappointed severely. I remember that <laughs> everyone put in the hundred dollar fab money. And yeah, like, exactly. Yes. I got my RB one. And then you're, you're picking first next year in your drafts. That's just how it went. Man, why do you do it? Why do you got to make me feel bad? Every time I got to promote a player that I like and, you know, I'm rooting for, you always got to make make some comments to make me feel bad. Why do you do it? I am. So this this is what friends do. I am the yin to your yang. We got to balance each other out here. Man, I'm going to yang something over there across the screen, man. This is, this, is a, this is a family show, sir. Family show. I didn't mean that. I mean, here we go. Chris Godwin moving on, man. We're still brothers. Chris Godwin. <laughs> he is limited today, Chris. On a Tuesday, he's got a quad injury. So, I mean, here's the thing. This was always my concern with Chris Godwin and drafting Chris Godwin. Love the skill set. You guys know this. I love the man's game. The injuries concern me. The drops concern me. And, and here we go again. He's got this quad injury. No severity reason. They said they just held him out for precautionary reasons. But, I mean, this game's on Thursday, man. So here we go. If he's not, if he's not practicing tomorrow, his, his uh, role is definitely, definitely in jeopardy. And then you hear Coach Arians talking up Antonio Brown like he's four, uh, three and four years younger because of his speed and his ability. I mean, I don't, this is something to watch, man. I don't, I don't know. I doubt he's going to miss this game, but this is definitely something to watch. It's absolutely something to watch. I do think that Godwin does play, though, because he's got, I mean, it's the first game of the year. The Bucs are coming off a super high, you know, winning the Super Bowl last year. They want to go out. And we, we talked about this. And, you know, I remember Jake was saying it emphatically. He's like, I can just see Brady and the Bucs going out there and just making a statement and just lighting up Dallas because Dallas's secondary is awful. Their defense hasn't really improved outside of drafting Micah Parsons. And so I'm going to say it now. If Chris Godwin plays, do not be surprised if Tampa Bay has three wide receivers in the fantasy top 30 of wide receivers for week one. I think Evans, Godwin, and Antonio Brown could all finish as top 30 wide receivers this week. 
And I mean, it's hard to debate and argue because I mean, they finished off so strong. You know, Brady's going to have them ready to roll. That chemistry is going to be on high. Yep. You're right, man. I mean, Dallas didn't do nothing to improve this defense outside of Parsons. Yes. Could they potentially get after the quarterback? Sure. But I mean, you have an offensive line in Tampa Bay that was also very much improved. But then now you go to the opposite end of can can the defense in Dallas give them more opportunities? And I don't think so. I think Godwin, like you said, if he plays, I think it's it's going to be very difficult for Dallas to stop in the secondary. And Brady's just going to put on a show to open the season. Oh, I love it, baby. I just love it. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And I mean, this is going to be a matchup that I love because we have the return of Dak Prescott. Mm. The defense is terrible. So Dak's going to be airing the ball out left and right. And with CeeDee Lamb, if they just if they keep him in the slot, I know it's going against Tampa Bay, but I I could see CeeDee Lamb having himself a game, if not, you know, a ton of yardage. The man could have double digit receptions. You know, it, man, I'm, Antoine Winfield, I'm, I'm waiting for him because his level of raise and rise mm. uh, is going to be massive this season. I think he kind of, you know, turned the corner last year as the year started to progress. We saw it in the Super Bowl against Kansas City with uh, Tyreek Hill. I, he's going to be like one of these catalyst players, man. And and I, the way that they rush the passer, Dallas might be in for a lot of hurt. And I mean, no, uh, Zach Martin, he's got the COVID. So they're saying there's potential ability that he might be able to play. But I mean, they're basically ruling him out. Lyle Collins may not suit up because he's got an injury. I fear for Dak Prescott's life at this point, man. Get this man some help. And also for all of you fantasy owners out there, if you do not own Zeke Elliott, Last season, Tampa Bay only allowed 53 rushing yards per game to mm. opposing running backs. So where we probably are going to expect Zeke to not have a, a great game and fantasy owners are already frustrated with his results last year after Dak Prescott was injured. If Zeke has a subpar game in week one, send the trade offers out immediately and buy low on him because he's going to have a top five finished for the actual season. Look at this man. Preach it up, Chris, man. That is a fantastic point. And he is going to stumble this week. And it's going to be like, yeah, one yeah. Of these, like one of these running backs that we're going to talk about later on in the show, because I want I want your insight on this one as well. But I mean, uh, when it comes to this type of defense that you got to face, he's going to struggle wholeheartedly. And I agree, man. Send in those trade requests. Bye now. Buy them all because I think I will try to do the same thing because that's what smart managers do, man. That's how you win championships, and that's some great advice. Saquon Barkley, baby, our buddy Saquon. We've been talking mm. about him, I think, for like the last like two months in every show, and and I'm I'm getting sick of talking about him because I just want to see him, you know, put him up on the field and shut up and just give me my fantasy points. Cause I love you, Saquon. And, and I mean, so here we go. He's a full go. They're saying he's going to start week one or play week one. I should say, is he going to be on a snap count? This is my concern. And this is the thing that they've been saying all along. Even if he starts, we're going to nurse him along. It's all bullshit. It has to be bullshit. If Saquon has been out for what, man, how long has he been? 12 months, 15 months, whatever it's been. He's been out this long. I mean, you got to suit him up. You're you're playing him and I'm I'm super high on Saquon this week. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know that, you know, for uh, you know, for for anyone that is not currently subscribed to our Patreon, make sure you guys do subscribe to Patreon because this guy Chris Chaus gives weekly trending reports on player he's players that are trending up, players that are trending down, and he just gave you a sneak peek of one of his trending up players. So make sure you guys are subscribing to get the rest of those guys. But I'm right there with you. I think Barkley is definitely in line for a top 10 week. 
I know he's going against Denver, who's been, you know, I would say middle of the road as far as their run defense is concerned. Um, but you don't have a stud like Barkley and put him on a pitch count. I understand the injury that he's coming back from. So maybe he's, you know, used a little bit more in the receiving game, you know, so he doesn't get as much of a, of a workload running the ball. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he's, if you own him, you're starting him. There's, there's no question about it. If he's on your roster, you are starting him. It's Saquon Day, the return. I don't want to break out the Phoenix is rising because he's always been here and, and he's going to show everybody that he's back. But if he's not back, I am going to cry because this is my last season with Saquon. It's going to be a divorce. I'm, I've already signed the papers. They're, they're at the lawyers right now. Um, but you're not going to make that decision after this after this this one week. No, no. But the papers right. the papers are already there. That's what I'm saying. And it, all it's going to take is one phone call to the lawyer. You know, get the signature, and and we're done. So he's got a, he's got a lot of things he's got to do this year, man, to keep this marriage going. Yeah, but he's but he's but he's only like 23 years old. <laughs> Stop it, man! I'm done. He's caused me too much pain. Fantasy football, you know, it takes years off of your life. Do you not know this, man? I'm getting gray by the day. I'm yelling at my TV screen. Um, You know, the family's getting all upset with me because all I do is yell on Sundays and and you're supposed to be in church. You know, see, this is not good. I know how you feel. Uh, Darren McFadden and Josh Gordon did that to me plenty of times. (laughs) See, that's why you can't gain weight, man. You're you're forever sick because of it. That's, That's what happens. I think I still have Josh Gordon on one of my dynasty rosters because I just can't quit the man. He's going to come back at some point. <laughs> He's going to put you up some big numbers. I love it. <laughs> Speaking of your boy, man, Mr. DeAndre Swift, he is looking like he's ready to roll week one with that groin. This was a big question mark for me. I, I was a little bit up and down because he just didn't participate enough for me to get the warm and fuzzies, but it is yeah. our boy DeAndre. We love him. We think he's a fabulous talent. Me and you, man, it was going back to like, I, I believe his breakout game against the Jaguars last year in week five. Mm-hmm. I think me and you were the only ones that were just pumping up the tires saying, this is the breakout week. And I mean, here we go. You know what? Victory laps. Let me, let me, before we jump into Swift, victory laps are very interesting because there is nothing wrong with taking a victory lap as a fantasy analyst. I'll, I'll put that out there right now. Absolutely nothing wrong. But if you make a victory lap, your MO for everything you do, that's when it's the problem. Right now, we're just taking some casual victory laps, you know, because this is just, this is, it, it makes us feel good. It, it, it makes us feel like we have a room full of friends. It's true because, so to be fair, for those of you who, who know us, you know, the, the headliners in general, we don't like to take victory laps. We don't like to ever call ourselves experts or, or quote unquote gurus because you know, spoiler alert, there's no such fucking thing. Okay. Like, oh. they, they just don't exist. They're not there. So with that being said, I love me some Deandre Swift. I do not love him this week. If I'm, if I have him on my team, I'm, I'm probably not starting him this week against San Francisco because that matchup worries me. And the fact that it was kind of a game time decision, almost as far as like if he would or wouldn't play being so close to the game. So here's the thing. I went on a podcast this off season. We talked about, it was a, it was a Detroit lions podcast. Very nice gentleman. You know, we chopped it up. He brought up the question that was, do you think the lions could upset the 49ers this week? It's at home in, in Detroit. And I said, man, you're crazy. There's no way they're going to, but then I started thinking it started to manifest. And as we got into this week, I started thinking about a little bit travel Mm -hmm. from West to East. That's never a good sign. You know, you have no film on this current regime, no film on how this offense is going to run. I understand San Francisco is absolutely phenomenal on both sides of the ball and they're going to do their damage. 
is this one of these weeks that San Francisco gets a letdown because they may not be fully prepared for what's there on this roster with this coaching staff? So my argument would be they have film on Jared Goff and they know what, what rattles and what disrupts Jared Goff. Sure. And that's pressure. That's pressure. You pressure Jared Goff and he, he doesn't see ghosts, but he gets super darn close. And so I think that with a 49ers defense, that's phenomenal at rushing the passer and creating havoc in the backfield. I think it could be a long, long day for Jared Goff and the lions. And it very well could be. I'm just throwing it out there, man. Stop art, man. Don't disagree. Can you just give me something today already, man? It's been a long day. I'm a little upset. You know, I ran out of beer today and, and you know, everything I'm saying, you're disagreeing. Do you, do you want my bourbon? Yeah, man, pass it over. I, All I mean, right, I'll pass it over here. You have some. <laughs> but I mean, for real, I, I I get it. And I'm not saying that it's, you know, it's going to happen. I just won't be surprised now, I think, is where I'm at. It's going to be one of those things, one of these games that if it does occur where Detroit finds a way to squeak this one out somehow, you know, everyone's going to be, oh, my God, this was a shock. And, and, and for some reason now, after that conversation I had with that other guy, I'm like, Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem so far fetched, but I mean, I get it. It's Detroit, and, and I, maybe I should predict Amon Ross St. Brown having like 14 catches for like 150 and three touchdowns. And you know what? If it, if an upset like that is going to happen, it's going to be Week One. Okay, right. it's kind of like those 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 one week outliers where Deshaun Jackson and Sammy Watkins become you know the the wide receiver one to a fantasy football for that one week, <laughs> and then they just kind of disappear. That's it, man. It's going to be the D you know, D Jax is getting a touchdown. You know, he is. It's going to be like a 50 yard bomb. In one of my leagues, I'm actually playing a guy who has both D Jax and Sammy Watkins. And I've already, I've, I've put my pants like twice already. Just thinking about it. (laughs) You're, you're screwed, man. You're going to win one in that league. But but (laughs) But back to DeAndre. I mean, okay, fine. We're both, we're both in agreement. I think he is a safe sit this week. Um, just because of injury and who they're going up against. I think we're, we're both of the same opinion. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a safe set, you know, for this week in general. But going forward, you know, based on the, on the matchups that he's going to have, he's still someone that should finish this year as a top 15 fantasy back, if not top 12. Get your get your uh, stat sheets out. I think DeAndre Swift might lead the league in garbage time points this season uh, when the Lions are losing basically every game. Yeah, and I and I was gonna say that it would be um, one of the Texans running backs, but we don't know which of the forty four it's going to be. Yeah, man, a thousand one hundred and two is is what they have on that field right now for running backs. Yeah. Duke Johnson, man, our guy Duke, he finds his way back on roster. Uh, we we had a, like time. A, a collective celebration. We were like, <laughs> yes, you know, Duke is back. He goes to the Jaguars, lands on the practice squad right away. I think that, I, 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 man, I haven't seen anything. I couldn't find anything that says why they go on the practice squad right away. It has to be just for COVID. I think I think it is because of COVID because a lot of these players are going onto the practice squad and then getting moved up to the fifty-three man roster. So. It's probably it, it's one of two things. It's either COVID or it's because they need to make room for that player on the 53 man roster. So they bring him onto the practice squad, then they cut somebody and then they bring on that other player. Yeah, because I, I, rem- I remember it was what only like three years you could sit on that practice squad and then they can't move you down anymore. I feel like Duke has been in this league for like 10. So maybe that's my confusion. I have no idea. But this is good news. This is great for Duke. I mean, in an offense that lost Travis Etienne, now the, obviously the role is is there and needed, and, and Coach Urban Meyer really feels like 
it, it's a missing piece. I mean, there's no, uh, or, or Carlos Hyde isn't going to be wowing you with PPR upside. And I mean, okay, James Robinson okay. showed that he was capable of catching the ball, but you need that guy. You need that little spark plug in the backfield, you know, to take the top off when you need it, when nobody's looking and paying attention. I, I like it. I, I, I hope he finds his way to the field because I think he'll have some uh, flex appeal. Oh my gosh. I hope that he can play week one. Because if he does, he's going to be facing a Texans defense that allowed 130 rushing yards per game last year and 45 receiving yards per game last year to running backs. They also gave up like five or six receptions a game. So if Duke Johnson can play week one, going up against his former team in the Ooh, Texans. And like game. A, um, oh, I mean, give, give me that. Give me that all day long. It's like he's going to have a T.Y. Hilton uh, effect type of game against uh, his former club. Am, am I am I going to start Duke Johnson on any of my teams? No, but I'm super excited about the possibilities of what he could do against the Texans, you know, in, in line with James, what James Robinson is most likely going to do against the Texans. Might be a sneaky DFS play based on if he gets in the roster or not for cheap dollars. Well, especially where on DraftKings, it is full PPR as opposed to FanDuel, which is half PPR. Don't play Duke Johnson and FanDuel, but on DraftKings, he's absolutely worth a punt play. Ooh, here we go, baby. See, the season is here. Let's sing, man. Let's sing together like a kumbaya effect because I'm so happy right now. Uh, my cheeks hurt. I'm smiling, man. It's like I got a coat hanger in my mouth. I was going to say, I was like, you, your che- my cheeks are like really, really rosy. And it's not just from smiling. It's a little bit because of the, of the booze. Yeah, see, and you're rubbing that in because I don't have any today. Damn it. Oh, my bad. Clyde Edwards, hilarious, man. His ankle injury. I was talking about this. You were talking about this. I was a little bit more concerned than most. You know what it is? I, I don't know what to say about Clyde. I mean, I'm a fan, but I'm not overboard. I like the skill set. I respect it. But do I believe mm-hmm. he's going to be this top end commodity? I still flirt with the nose. I want to get on board. I, you know, I, I love scouting his film. I think he's got a lot of heart. He's got a lot of ability. It's just something about him in the NFL, even though he's on the high octane Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, he scares me still. And okay, the ankle could be fine, but I mean, volume's key. I get it for fantasy football. Um, I mean, are you playing him this week against a very good, uh, improved uh, Cleveland Browns defense? Um, I, I am. Yeah, he's for CEH. He's he's slotted in. He would be my RB two, and that's where he's being drafted. You know, that's where he should be being drafted. That's where he should be starting. Um, uh, if he's your RB one then you probably have some question marks on your lineup. But if he's your RB2 or your flex, absolutely, I have no problem with that whatsoever because I do think that this is going to be a high-scoring game. There's going to be plenty of scoring opportunities. The woes that he had inside the 10, inside the 5 last year, I think he's such a strong, powerful runner. He's going to figure that out. I do think he's going to find the end zone a lot more this year than he did last year. And he will finish most likely as a top 12 to top 15 fantasy running back Okay. I'm, I'm letting it digest. That's why we're kind of staring at each other all weird. It was like, it was a very weird moment between the two of us right there, man. No, I mean, I, I enjoy looking deeply into your eyes. It's cool. <laughs> I'm like, is he going to keep talking or what? Are you just, you just cut it off, man. You totally- I, I did. And I didn't, I didn't end the sentence the way that I normally did because I kind of wanted to continue, but I was like, no, I'm going to stop on the head. Stop right there because you know, you totally fucked me up there, but Hey, it's okay. <laughs> we're good, man. So I, I mean, I, I like him. I think he, Here's the thing. I think he is not going to be the goal line guy. I, I really struggle, man. After what you we don't? saw, last, 
I, you I don't just, think they're going to give him like another? You don't think they're going to give him another chance because he was their first will. round pick? I think they will, but I, I just don't think it's going to be successful. And I mean, he had what have you done for me lately? Is is always the thing, that's, and that's and fair. for me, he has to show it. He has to. Prove so, what are your reservations? What are your reservations with him that he may or may not have improved from last year of being able to be that goal line guy? So it's the health again. I like the fact that they've revamped the offensive line. I mm-hmm. just don't, I, I don't know, man. I just don't think he's got the juice enough to go right down the center. I think outside the 10 yard line, absolutely. He's got all the ability to score, but if he's going from the two out, I think it's going to be very difficult for me to trust him from going in on the goal line. That That's what scares me the most. That's fair. And, and a lot of that I'm sure is because of, you know, what he did or what he didn't do last season. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I get it. It was COVID. He was a rookie. So there is stipulations. He, he needs a full off season that he got. But again, he missed some time now due to this ankle. The, the numbers just aren't adding up for me to be like, hey, this guy's on my squad and I'm trusting him 110 percent. All right. So I'm looking over at at prize picks right now, which we have a special you know promotion with prize picks. We're a partner of theirs. Um, if you guys. Yep. If you guys go to prizepicks.com, create a new account. Enter promo code headliners and we will match your deposit. Um, I believe it's up to a hundred dollars or fifty dollars, fifty to a hundred dollars. We will match they will match your deposit and a season-long prop that I'm seeing up there right now is a rushing touchdown prop for CEH. They have it set at seven and a half rushing touchdowns. What is your initial thought when you hear seven and a half touchdowns? I'm going under, man. I, I have to go under. And I don't, I don't hate that. I could definitely see like six to seven mm-hmm. rushing. I think he also could get maybe like two or three receiving. Sure. I, you know, I could see his, his receiving know? touchdown upside yep. higher than his rushing this year, for sure. Absolutely. All right. So I, I saw that because I wanted to pull up what his prop was for the season for, for touchdowns because we talked about the goal line because that's where if he's not breaking a long run, that's where the majority of his you know potential touchdown workload could come from. Um and for any of you guys out there that do want to play some player props this year, I will be doing weekly prize pick videos on my favorite player props for the week. You can, you'll be able to find them on Patreon. And also if you become a special subscriber to our YouTube channel, you'll be able to find those every week as well. So make sure you guys are checking that out. Oh, and I'm doing some point spread picks, baby. I got four years in the Ooh. bank, in the books. We're doing this, I believe, on the main channel this year. It's going to be fantastic. I got some picks for y'all. I got a good record, too, man. So hopefully it doesn't jinx me this year. But hey, man, four years and still making money. I think that's a very positive thing. I mean, well, well, yeah, you still have a you still got a roof over your head. So you got to be doing something right. Got to be doing something right. But, you know, going to this depth chart. So I, I had to pull this up. Going to the Kansas City depth chart. Mm-hmm. Williams and Jarek McKinnon, they're both the backups here. And right. do, do, does McKinnon actually take some PPR upside away? So that would kind of say to me, your argument for him finding the goal line might be better because they're going to trust him a little bit more than they are with Daryl Williams. Maybe that's where he kind of makes me a liar because of uh, circumstance. So he's going to be forced mm-hmm. the opportunity to score rushing touchdowns on the goal line where McKissick could actually come in and be that PPR guy that we kind of saw in San Francisco, barring health, obviously. Yes, I don't. I just don't know if you're going to see a lot of McKinnon on the field because they have Williams. I think Williams is going to get more of that of that number two workload that we'll see from from McKinnon. McKinnon's going to be a guy they might sprinkle in every now and then. But I mean, how often do we see 
an RB three really get enough, you know, enough of a, you know, of enough touches to really kind of make a dent into somebody else's workload. Fair enough. Was I calling him McKissick? You only once. Jesus, man. You know, I, I, I caught that. I'm like, did I just call this man McKissick? God, make my points even worse, man. We'll just move on. But I mean, I get it. Kansas City's still going to be the super powerhouse we all know them to be. I think CH de- definitely has a safe floor. I'm not saying that whatsoever. I think, like you said, RB2, when you drafted him, is a very safe floor for him. And yep. I mean, there's only room to grow. And and depending on how this offense moves forward, who's going to be the number two wide receiver? Is it going to be Hardman finally? Or is it going to be Pringle? I mean, we'll see. I mean, there's a lot of things moving parts in Kansas City this year. That's for darn sure it certainly ain't gonna be sammy Watkins. i'll tell you that much it's not gonna be sammy man you don't have to worry about him with kansas city this year the new york football jets man jameson crowder he's got the covid he's on the list or he's in covid protocol i should say he's on the list right now and he could sit week one man you know what this did to me it made this you know what sucks the most i got all this bills gear behind me in my studio and i'm all you know proud pumping up my buffalo bills every opportunity i can how much blasphemy is it that I love what the New York Jets are doing with this damn roster? Because Elijah Moore, with uh, even with Jamison Crowder mm. on the field, I'm okay with it. But if Crowder is not on the field in week one, I man, I think this could be something very special, very sneaky of a play. It's a risk, but I mean, he could he could definitely produce. I mean, you put you put Elijah Moore in the slot, you know, where Crowder would normally be getting probably those those what seven to eight targets in a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm absolutely loving, loving that Elijah Moore plays like a flex play in your, in your league this week. Yeah, man. It's going to, and the fact that that man can go from the slot, go deep against, you know, slower safeties and linebackers that will have no chance of keeping up with him. And you got Mr. Nope. Wilson throwing him the ball, like Aaron Rodgers esque I think it's fantastic. But even if Jamison Crowder does play this week, I mean, so here's the thing it's, we have to see it to, to understand what it's going to be, but me and you have been very supportive on the fact that this could be a double slot event where we're both Crowder and Elijah Moore are on the field at the same time, utilizing their skill sets because my opinion is, you know, I'm I'm in favor of Corey Davis. I think he's very mm-hmm. he's good. I don't want to say he's very good. He's good, but going again, uh, going up against DB ones, I just I have a hard time believing he's going to separate. You share that same opinion, I'm sure. I think Elijah Moore really takes off uh, quicker than a lot of people think he will. I do too, and he can create that separation, especially you know, especially with that footwork off the line. I think he can do it a lot better than Corey Davis can, and the Benef- you know, the, the great thing about this is that Moore's not going to be facing any DB ones. So he's not going to have to worry about that top corner covering him, especially when he plays in the slot. Very few cornerbacks are going to follow. So he's going to get matched up with, you know, a number two or number three cornerback or a linebacker, you know, maybe a safety here or there, but he's going to have a mismatch from a speed perspective every single time. If you don't have him, get him on your roster. That's all I can say to you right now, because it will be too late after probably week three the way that I think this Jets team is moving. I do not hate that. And I love, I love the, uh, the connection that he's had with, with Zach Wilson so far. So I think it's only going to grow. It's only going to get better. And that chemistry is really going to build as the season progresses. The gosh, darn Jets, man. You know, you guys are making me question my love for my own team. I can't believe it. Game day preview, Mr. Chris Ram. Let's go, baby. We got some good games on the docket. Let's 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 dissect a few of these. This is going to be fun because okay. we've been waiting. We've been waiting. I want to talk some football, some real live predictions, some real live stuff. Let's do this. 
before I shit myself because I'm so excited. I can't. I'm gonna need diapers soon, man. This is crazy. Thursday night football, man. The Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Here we go, man. We we covered it a little bit when we we're talking about Chris Godwin. Anything else you want to add, man? Tom Brady, your boy. He's, I, you know, it's gonna be lights out. I think they're gonna definitely win and cover the spread, likely. Yeah. So. The original spread was right around, you know, bucks minus six. And now it's gotten to bucks minus eight. And when you first saw that line, you were like, oh, it's bait. You know, it's bait. Like they're trying to, they're trying to get yep. us. Yep. And the more I look at it, it was like, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I would not be shocked if Tampa Bay wins by double digits. Yeah. It's feeling that way. You know? When my first uh, in, inclining was like, Eight points, man, because you feel like it's going to be the seven. It's going to be a touchdown because Dak is right. going to be able to likely move the ball. But I mean, I'm with you. I think Tom Brady, you know, it's in Tampa, Super Bowl champions. Banner's going to get raised. You can't you can't bet up against Tommy touchdown in this in this department. I think eight points is a, is a good bet. And I, I would I would take it. I think it's very good. No, I, I completely agree. I do think that Tampa Bay is going to give Dak some 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 issues. Um, I know there's a, there's a, there's a prop right now where Dak's passing yards is at 285 and a half. And if I was a betting man, which I, I kind of am, I would take the under on that. I don't think that he, he gets as close as people think as he might just to that number. Ooh, some good stuff, man. It's some very good stuff. Let's move to Sunday. Since we already kind of talked about the Tampa Bay game. The New York Jets mm -hmm. and the Carolina Panthers. Seeing what we're talking about, Elijah Moore. Here's Sam Darnold mm. going up against his former club, the Young Blood, taking over New York. Oh, man, this game to me, and, and you know me, I've been saying it a lot. I'm, I'm, I like Sam Darnold. I think there's a lot of potential for him to rejuvenate his career with Matt Rule, with Joe Brady and company, with CMC. This is the best offense he's ever played with. Um, man, this game could legit be one of those low key shootouts that nobody really expects. And, and I'm all for it. I, I think it's going to be a fantastic contest. I think so. And it's interesting because this is one of the lowest over unders of the week. This is, they've got an over under of 44 and a half right now. Carolina's favored by five and a half last year. They were one of the worst pace of play teams in the league. They were ranked 30th in pace last year mm. going against a jets team, a Sam Darnold led Jets team that was middle of the pack. They were like 14 or 15th. So I do think that the tempo is going to increase from what we saw last year with Teddy Bridgewater under center for Carolina. Mm. I think Donald is going to help that the return of Christian McCaffrey is certainly going to help that as well. And that's going to get things moving that much more. And you've got the return tandem of Darnold and Robbie Anderson. That's Ooh, going to be exciting to watch. That's correct. That hasn't been talked about enough this entire offseason. The fact that Darnold goes back to play with his boy Robbie. Instant chemistry, man. I mean, wow. Why did How did I miss that this entire offseason? How the hell did I miss that? Because there's been a crap ton of things going on this offseason. <laughs> oh, I love that point, man. I think Robbie could actually have a balls-out game this week because of that. That's wicked. I think I think he absolutely could. I mean, especially going up against the Jets defense. Oh my good God. I mean, you have him, you have DJ Moore. I mean, let's not forget, I do believe Mr. Dan Arnold is over in Carolina as well. So Dan that's Arnold. another option. Man, get out with this Dan Arnold stuff. We're done with him. I can't handle this. It's Sorry, like I had I had to do it for Kyle because that's his boy. <laughs> Moving right along, San Francisco and Detroit, like I said, I mean, here we go. We got, uh, you know, 
one team that is at the bottom for likely of a retooling. I don't want to necessarily say rebuild because Jared Goff is, is not a rebuilding quarterback. He's been in the league long enough that he could actually move the ball consistently. But I mean, what are we expecting from San Francisco's offense with Jimmy G? This is kind of the thing. Is it going to be pedestrian? Are they going to go run heavy? This is kind of the, the conundrum that we find ourselves in because really did Jimmy G show anything that he could be this electrifying passer last year? I, I mean, and year before and, and so on. I, I, I don't know, man. I mean, he has his moments, but he's very inaccurate and he struggles and crumbles in pressure time. He does. And he also can't stay healthy. So, I mean, is it going to be one of those scenarios where, you know, somebody from Detroit just puts a flick on him and he goes down and we see, you know, I mean, Trey Lance has got that, that uh, finger injury. So he's not throwing right now. So it's going to be interesting to see what we see because with San Francisco and Detroit, like you said, Detroit's rebuilding. Okay. Like I know you said retooling. This is a team that may win three games this year. They're going to be sure. competing for the number one overall pick with Houston. I believe like that's my prediction. This will be mm. Houston or Detroit for number one next year. Um, AKA, you know, Spencer Rattler or Sam Howell. We'll see what happens there. <laughs> but I do think, th I think the 49ers just put a whooping on the, on the lions I know you talked with your boy from Detroit and he thinks that he, you know, that he thinks this team may have he a was ambitious. Of, of I was listening. He was ambitious. As, as we all are in the offseason, we yes, all we think are. that our team, that that's the year, you know, this is the year that it's going to happen, you know? Um, but yeah, I think that it's going to be a lower scoring game. I definitely, you know, think that it's going to, the, the over under, I think is 45 for right now. And I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, it's actually, it hits the under. Yeah, and I mean, I, I really do believe they're going to try to do ground and pound a lot in this game on both sides of the ball. Control the clock. You know, it's it might be a boring game. But, I mean, fourth quarter, I, I maybe we see some lights out and, and Jared Goff is like turns heads and says, hey, I was actually better than a lot of people think I am. And like you said, you know, Amon's, uh, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown just goes, just absolutely goes off. Berserk, yeah, man. Those three catches in preseason, everyone said, oh, it's such a crappy preseason, and he's going to be your wide receiver one. You watch this. Big game, the Arizona Cardinals and the Tennessee Titans. Oh, man, this one has my juices flowing. We got some big names in this game. Grown-ass man, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins and company. This game has the makings to be very good, very sound. Tannehill is back from the COVID. Chris, man, I mean, where are you going? If you're a fantasy player, what are you expecting? Maybe A.J. Green a little bit, maybe a little Rondale Moore. What are we thinking? I'm, I mean, I'm taking everybody in this matchup because it's only a three-point uh, you know, favorite right now for the Titans, uh, a high over-under, and these are two teams that were ranked top five, both of them last year, in pace of play last year. So these are teams that like to run a lot of plays, meaning there are more scoring opportunities and Arizona's defense. Not great. Tennessee's defense. And eh, okay. The secondary still has some questions there. So I think this is going to be a game where there's going to be a ton of passing. I want fantasy options from both sides of the ball. I want Henry. I want AJ Brown. I want a little bit of Julio in there too. You know, Tannehill. Sure. Why not? If you're on the Arizona side of the ball, 
You want Kyler. You want Hopkins. This is the game, too, also for DFS that is phenomenal for stacking because you're going to have different options that you can plug and play. You can have a value play in somebody like a Rondell Moore over in Arizona. Hell, you could even throw in an Anthony Ferkser for tight end for a really, really cheap option if you wanted to because there will be scoring opportunities for this game. What did I see? It was the uh, the prop bet was 254 for Kyler in passing yards. Is that what was that what it was? That was 254, 254, 254 and a half. Yeah. That's a tough one, man, because I think he'll get very, very close to that. You said you were very comfortable with that prop bet. I'm I'm a little bit, you know, kind of ma'am. I'm on both sides of the fence. I can't decide because I mean his rushing upside is definitely gonna be there. I want to see how they're going to utilize Rondale Moore and AJ Green. I think that's kind of the biggest question mark. I, you know, Cliff Kingsbury's my guy. I love him. I think he's got a right. genius mind. And I think they will. I think, uh, you know, both defenses really do have struggles when it comes on the secondary side. And and I think we're going to see a very uh, open fest. And I think that's why the prop bet is kind of sitting where it is, because this is kind of the thought process that it's going to be a lot of uh, throwing, not maybe not so much running. And that's why I like that that prop quite a bit. You know, I don't know if I'll be betting it or not, but I do I do see him kind of hitting that over because I do think there's gonna be a lot of just airing the ball out in this game on both sides. Who's winning in that game for you? I think Tennessee's the more complete team, and that's why I think that they have the edge there. But we've seen, listen, you, you've seen this firsthand, what Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins can do in a close game at the end of a game. So I'm not going to count them out. You had to bring that shit up again. Hey, just to hurt somebody's feelings, man. (laughs) You know, like, is this grind me up today? Like, come on, man. Like I'm over that. I, you know, come on, man. That was one of the worst plays in Buffalo Bills history, man. I gotta take. I'm literally just kind of like letting. I'm. I know. I'm just like letting it just like settle in in you right now, and just like just. Yeah, you son of a bitch, man. What did I ever do to you and your family, man? Like seriously, (laughs) unbelievable. It's what what your Bills did to my Patriots last year. That's what it was. Speaking of my Buffalo Bills, let's talk about my Bills for a second. And I don't want Lat Murray. I was just messing around early on, so take it easy, man. Buffalo goes up against (laughs) the Pittsburgh Steelers. Here we go. It's in, I believe it is in Pittsburgh, if I'm not mistaken. And I mean, this is a very interesting contest, I think. Or is it in Buffalo? Mm. It's in Buffalo, is it not? It's in Buffalo. Yeah, it's in Buffalo. Sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm yep. spoke. But I mean, here we go. So home game, the Bills, you know, the crowd is going to be fierce. They're going to be uh, feisty. The Bills took it to them last year. And this is kind of the insurgence of the Buffalo Bills. I think if they come out the gate slow, that's that's a that's a concern. I think that they are at the point where they are just they want to go, man. It's going to be fast. It's going to be furious. And, and they're going to throw the ball. And th- this is what scares me. If they don't go to the ground game. Please run the ball a little bit, just a little bit to make the defense honest in Pittsburgh. But I mean, what he's arguing with his contract, he may not play is what they're saying. But I mean, he's been practicing and everything. He's he's going to play. I, I, there's no way he's sitting out this game. But I mean, this is beautiful for the Buffalo Bills. I think, you know, even with Najee Harris, I, I think the Bills defense did enough with their rookies and with everything they have. that They're going to they're going to win this game rather handily. I think so. I mean, I, I think that they win this by at least a touchdown. Um, I don't know how big of a game, you know, Josh Allen is going to have, but I do agree with you that they need to just be able to establish the run, whether it's Singletary, whether it's Moss, but they cannot rely on Josh Allen and his legs because they need to rely on that arm more so. So I think that with them, they need to establish the run game, kind of get Pittsburgh off balance a little bit. You know, we could see 
I wouldn't be surprised if we see Dawson Knox, you know, with a little mm-hmm. bit more work in this game with those short, short to intermediate passes. Um, but I'm excited to see what, what they can do because, you know, you have digs. Um, obviously Manny Sanders is, you know, he's, 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 he's not there anymore. So yeah, this to me. Revenge game for Manny Sanders, man. This is, Pittsburgh. I'm telling you, it, it, I was going to say, you know, with everything that he did there, I don't want to say it's like a, it's a potential letdown game for Buffalo because Pittsburgh has reloaded a little bit, but I think Buffalo needs to come out and they just need to step on the neck of the Steelers and be like, you know what? We're not the same team that lost to the chiefs in the AFC championship. We are the new guys. Mm. We're ready to compete and we're going to start from day one. You know, it's cliche. It always is. I mean, the game is won and lost in the trenches. This is one of these games. The, the Steelers offensive line took a lot of loss this offseason. They're going to be definitely inexperienced when it comes to chemistry and, and how Ben and company are going to have to utilize the line protections. But I want to see how the Buffalo Bills are going to rush the passer. They have a boatload of depth finally at the defensive line position. I mean, Jerry Hughes should literally see no double teams anymore. Gregory Russo, Basham, mm. these two rookies. I mean, they're coming in. They're getting high praise for rushing the passer. Epinesa coming out last year from the rookie spot. Now he's kind of grown. He's starting to take over game uh, position battles. You've seen it all through camp. He's, he's just grown-ass man style himself on that side of the ball so if they get a lot more pressure from that front four I think this is what's going to happen for the Buffalo Bills secondary to eat and take more chances as well and that's what made them so good a couple years ago before they kind of had the letdown when they released all those players and started to retool but I mean that to me is is the difference maker in this game I think if the Bills finally rectify their ability to rush the passer with great efficiency I think they're going to be a very tough team to stop this year Agreed. And, and like you said, you know, with, with the, with the defense there, the biggest key for me is going to be them and their ability to rush the passer and create and get that pressure on the quarterback and just to wreak havoc, because that's where they really lacked last year that I think that they can certainly improve upon this year. Yeah, and I, I was I was dead wrong, man. I got no problem saying when I was wrong. Right now, Gregory Russo, I wasn't I wasn't happy. I was a little bit upset when they drafted him because I wanted a running back like Etienne or, or Javante. But you know what? He's he's looking the part. I'll eat my words, man. Russo has looked like a complete stud. He's a game record getting around the edge. He's always causing problems. So for me, I'll, I'll eat it right now. I mean, it's a long way to go. He hasn't even played a game yet. But right now, I'm already eating it. He looks the part, man, to me. I'm I'm right there with you. I also was not as high on Rousseau as I should have been. And he has looked really, really good. Really good, man. He's like a tree. I don't know how they're going to stop him. Moving along, man. The New England Patriots and the Miami Dolphins. Miami, uh, Miami is traveling to New England, if I'm not mistaken. I think I got a lot of these wrong today. I was drinking the other night, you know, and I wrote some of these down. And I think I kept them, man. And that's probably my fault. But, I mean, do they play in New England or Miami? They do play in New England. It is a home game for the Patriots. So my 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 eyesight was not compromised. That's fantastic. So here we go, man. Your Patriots. Week one, Mac Money Jones is the starter, like we said, like we said. (laughs) Dig. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know what? We'll we'll, no we'll we'll go with we'll we'll go with we. Yeah, we'll we'll go with me. See, I'm still even being nice, even though I I beat you (laughs) now. But hey, this is a good one, man. You know what? I got a lot of optimism for Tua. I think, you know. He's progressing in the way that we want to see a lot of people, the impatience, be patient Mm. for God's sakes on these young quarterbacks, because some of them need time to develop. They're all not Patrick Mahomes. Relax, man. But they still turn out to be very good quarterbacks. 
Tua to me right now, we've talked about him many times as well, suggesting that, you know what, he has looked better. He has looked more sharp. And this is kind of one of these games, big game, man, on the road, in the division, more weapons. I don't know, man. Your Patriots still look good. It's rookie uh, Mac Jones, Tua versus uh, Alabama. You know, Alabama versus Alabama is where I'm going. Where where you see this game going? You you feel comfortable with your Patriots and and what could be a very heavy run game? I do I do feel comfortable. I mean, I like Miami's defense and what they're doing. I think they're young, they're up and coming. Love Tua for this year. Um, you know, going forward, I think Tua is going to have a really really good bounce back season from a you know mediocre year what we saw last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, New England being at home, it only helps them even more because they did struggle so much on the road last year. I think a little bit of home cooking is exactly what they need. I'm not expecting a super high scoring game, but I do think that New England is going to try to just, you know, run the ball, control the clock and not allow Mac Jones to make too many mistakes in his first NFL game. And, you know, Bill Belichick, he is the master of scheme and if this is going to be Hunter Henry's supposed to suit up in this contest. And for me, this is going to be the tight end show because, you know, they're, they're DBs with Howard and Jones. I mean, they can lock down some of the best receivers in this game. I think it's going to be your tight ends that are going to be making the money in this one. I, I completely agree. And there's already been a report saying that these guys, Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith are going to be the featured pieces of this offense, which they damn well should have been after the amount of money that Belichick spent on these guys over the offseason. So they better be the focal points of the offense this year. Yeah, man, you spent like $1 billion on two tight ends this offseason. This is going to be a fun one. I, I like this game too, though. It's it's going to be interesting. I, I think, man, it's a tough one. I haven't gone through all my spread research yet. I'll save that for the other show. But, you know, as we sit today, I'm kind of leaning towards your Patriots a little bit. I think that with their defense, you know, and camaraderie and the run mm-hmm, game, mm-hmm. and I'm a big Mac money guy. I think he's going to do very well. I think the Patriots will be uh, kind of a bounce back feature this week. Yeah, it's going to be great. I can't wait for the Patriots to be tied with the Bills for the AFC East lead. It's going to be amazing. It's only going to last one week anyway. So, I mean, <laughs> tone, tone it down over there, man. Green Bay and New Orleans, man. The Drew Breesless New Orleans Saints. Now Jameis Winston mm. with his improved eyesight. You know, this is going to be an interesting one. This game got moved because of the hurricane. I believe they're playing in Jacksonville. So nobody gets the home yep. game really uh, realistically. But I mean, here we go. Aaron Rodgers. We could talk about this all day long. He to me, this is kind of a chip on his shoulder. You know how Tom Brady is that guy who he just needs somebody to piss him off, even like the slightest little bit to get him even that more motivation. I think Aaron Rodgers is pissed off this year. I think he's really angry. I think he's going to come out and show everybody, hey, he's going to throw up the middle finger and be like, hey, F you. I'm the I'm the man in this bitch. And you guys got to bow down and respect and especially how ownership treated him, I think he's going to stick it to him even more because he'll probably won't be back next year, and he's going to be like, see what you missed? Treat me better. Yeah, so so everything that you just said, maybe a little bit less aggressively than you said it, but I'm completely on board with what you just what you just said. I'm aggressive today, whatever. <laughs> um, I, I've got to like collect my thoughts now. Uh, so what I'm looking forward to in this game is Alvin Kamara, okay? James Winston's the starting quarterback. Michael Thomas is out, all right? Kamara's going to eat. He's going to get his receptions because Green Bay allowed the fourth most receiving yards and receptions per game to opposing running backs last year. They were pretty stout against, you know, rushing yards. I believe they only allowed like 80 to 85 rushing yards a game. 
but it's in the receiving game that they got absolutely torched. And that's where I think Kamara is going to hit them this Sunday is going to be in the receiving game. The guy is going to be a top three fantasy RB in half and full PPR point leagues in week one. And he's also going to be your overall RB one to end the season. Whoa. As, as, as I went off with my hot takes earlier in, in the off season. Yes. Whoa. Get the fire extinguisher, man, because this guy's on fire right now with these hot takes. That's a lot of spice, Chris, man. You're, you're putting that out there on September 7th with uh, no games played. Number one running back in fantasy football. I mean, I, I came out with it uh, what weeks ago when I said, if James Winston is the starting quarterback for the saints, Camaro will finish as the overall RB one. Hey man, you got to die on some hill and that's a good hill to die on, man. But I, I, I can't hate you for it. I mean, Jameis Winston, the PPR upside, the checkdowns, the dump offs. I mean, you, you know, everything is shaping up analytically to be there. And, and I don't hate it, man. This game against Green Bay, Aaron Jones and this running back room uh, in Green Bay is very intriguing to me. Is AJ Dillon going to steal some carries? Is Kylan Hill going to find his way onto this field? Are they going to address three running backs? Like this is kind of where I'm going with this one because because Kylan, to me, showed enough that he could replicate most everything that uh, Jones could potentially do in mm. the future. Maybe this is the one that they say, hey, we can comfortably move on from him in, in the next, what, one or two years if, if Kylan does things. I just want to see how it shakes out a little bit because you know Aaron's going to be throwing the ball over the field, but I'm really going to be paying attention to that run game, to how they're going to utilize it. And and much like your Camaro point on PPR points, I think Aaron Jones definitely could have a very big role in that department as well. I, I think he's going to have to because this Saints defense is no joke. They are absolutely legit against the run. I think Aaron Jones is going to have a tough day finding holes to really become an efficient runner. I think a lot of it's going to have to come through the air or maybe some goal line touches, which, you know, could be delegated over to AJ Dillon. So I think Jones could have a tough day. And that's, a, that's a scary thing. See touchdown upside. I'm, I'm all critical on CEH all the time, but here's the, here's the critical nature that needs to be said about Aaron Jones, that he could lose all of his goal line, virtually all of his goal line, uh, uh touchdown ability. So that means his efficiency rates and long t- uh, touchdown plays are going to have to be there all season that's some risk, man. Even though he is a top yeah. dog in this league, that's a lot of risk. And out of all of the running backs that were drafted in the first round, he's the most boom or bust play there is because if he's not breaking off a long run, he's incurring a touchdown. He's not really helping you out from a fantasy perspective because he, you are relying on those games where he has those long runs and multiple touchdowns. Yeah, I totally agree. We're in agreement. Finally, Yes, both their hands are up because we're in agreement. Cleveland and Kansas City. I only want to touch this one again because the defense in Cleveland, man, we kind of touched it. The Mm. defense in Cleveland to me has improved so much. And I, okay, I get it. What we base everything on is last year's statistics based on team dynamics, how roster reconstructions have gone. But Cleveland, to me, man, they're legit. If they can put it all together offensively this year where, you know, Nick Chubb stays healthy, Kareem Hunt is the great support piece, OBJ comes back from that injury and is fine. Like, they need a lot. I get it. You know, everything has to come together. But I think they realize that with a sound run game, you put a stifling defense on the field, they're going to be very hard to beat, man, because they, they kind of instructed Baker Mayfield, hey, just don't give the game away, and we got this. And I think that's kind of where they're going this year. Yeah, and then last year against Baltimore, a.k.a. the poop game, we saw Baker Mayfield almost win the game yes. for Cleveland. Like He wasn't that game manager. He said, you know what? I'm going to win this game on my own. 
And he almost did. And I do think Baker Mayfield is kind of taking that turn to become that kind of a quarterback. And this is a game where let's not forget the Browns almost beat the chiefs last year in the playoffs. Yes, they did. Like, they were so close. They played a phenomenal game and now they get Odell Beckham jr. Back this year. I mean, we know what the defense can do. We know what the offense can do. And with rookie JOK with, with Cleveland Ooh. potential defense, potential defensive rookie of the year, man, I'm going to say it again. I'm, Preach it up, man. Preach. We love some JOK. Oh, we absolutely love him over here at the headliner nation. I'm super excited for this game. I know people are like, well, it's the chiefs. It's the chiefs. You know what? These aren't your, these aren't your father's Browns. Like these are not the same old Cleveland Browns that you've been used to. This is a team that's going to compete with the chiefs, with the bills, with the rest of the teams in the AFC. They'll be right there as like that number three, number four team in the, in the conference. And they're legitimate. They could have a chance at beating yeah. Kansas city this, this first week. I mean, okay. It's in Kansas city. So I'm going to obviously give the edge to Mahomes. But I mean, again, here we go. They're they're gonna want. They're gonna be fired up, man. This is you know what this almost is. This is like their Super Bowl right now because they were pissed off. They lost last year in the playoffs to start the season off at Kansas City. They want some redemption, and I mean, Peoples Jones. You got all these guys coming. I, I, I Cleveland, man. You got a lot to look forward to and a lot to get excited about. Hence, why we're called Straight Chub because the Chub is rising. I mean, Cleveland was a. Chad Henney scramble away from, from, from moving on almost, or having an opportunity to extend the game. So for Cleveland, you're right. This is almost like their Super Bowl because if they win this game, that sets the tone for the rest of the season that shows Mm -hmm. the rest of the league. Like, Hey, we're here. We're not effing around. We're coming for you. Put the league on notice week one against the Super Bowl champ or uh, Super Bowl runner-ups. Yeah, man, that's a that's a good thing to put on your resume. Last one I got for kind of games is the is the Sunday Nighter, man. Chicago and the LA Rams. This one's kind of interesting to me. We I was kind of debating, you know, some start and sits. I got a, a couple of these I want to talk about as well. But I mean, this is an interesting contest because we know how good the Rams are defensively. Yes, Matthew Stafford is new offensive. He didn't really play this offseason and preseason at all. Is chemistry going to be, you know, a little bit off? Are they, how are they going to move? It's interesting, but I mean, this defense to me uh, in LA, it's going to be very hard to trust any of these Chicago bears players, especially for fantasy football. Yeah. I mean, unless you have really, really good options at running back, like Montgomery is going to be a borderline RB two for me this week. Mm. Um, That Rams defense is just absolutely stout. You know, they're top two in the league as far as I'm concerned. And as far as the rest of, you know, the, the bears and the, and the Rams are concerned, like, I mean, I I'm even iffy on Allen Robinson. Like, is he going to be a top 25 option this week at, at wide receiver? Maybe I do really like Robert Woods. I think he's going to be fine. I think Cooper cup's going to be another option that you can throw out there. Mm-hmm. The bears offense terrifies me this week. And I wouldn't fault anybody for not starting anyone on the bears. I agree with you, except for Allen Robinson. I'm still taking a shot unless you really have. And I know it's Jalen Ramsey and it's crazy to think <laughs> I get it, man. You know, as I'm right. talking, I'm almost talking myself out of this as I'm speaking right now. But I mean, a Rob does everything you need him to do. He is one of those guys that can compete with a Jalen Ramsey, like a D hop, like a Julio. He's one of these guys in that cream that nobody else believes he is. In my opinion, we know he is. And I completely understand the hesitation because of who's throwing him the ball, but ah, that one hurts, man. Cause I, I got some shares of a Rob and I'm sitting here being like, 
do I play him? Do I not play him? It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a long couple of days, man. I tell you that much. I mean, let, let's be honest. If you have Allen Robinson on your team, he's probably he was probably the 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 probably the second wide receiver you drafted. Maybe even the first if you went RB robust, you know, to start the your draft. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if he's the first wide receiver you you picked up, you probably don't have a ton of better options behind him. So you may be forced to start him. And you know, for a guy that most likely is going to have top 12 wide receiver outcomes. You know, having him finish as a top 30 wide receiver isn't going to make or break the rest of your season. Yeah, man. Even if he lets down a little bit, hopefully your roster has something, but it's going to be a great matchup. I can't wait to watch him and Ramsey go at it all damn day. But hey, man, let's play some fantasy starts it. A few of these. We know, you know, the headliners and Jake and Kyle, they got this Saturday. Let's do some starts it, buddy. Let's do some starts it. And also, um, while we're doing this, this is going to get released on Wednesday. Um, and for those of you out there who have Instagram, make sure you guys are following the fantasy headliners over on Instagram because I'm going to be last year. I did Facebook live shows once a week, usually Wednesday nights. And this time we're moving it from Facebook to Instagram. So once a week, I'm going to be going live on Instagram for about 30 minutes at time and answering all of your questions or as many as I possibly can in a 30 minute span. So if your questions aren't answered through Patreon or if they aren't answered on YouTube, make sure you guys are logging into Instagram and I will do my best to make sure that I'm answering as many questions as I can. But it just gives you another opportunity to ask your questions as you're trying to set your lineups for that coming week. Even if you don't have questions, go and say hi to the man. He's a nice guy. I can vouch for this. He's a good man. Just go say hi. Ask a question. Yeah, it doesn't, you know, if it, it can be football, it doesn't have to be football. It could be like, hey, Chris, what's your favorite kind of cookie? Or Chris, like if you had to pick between three desserts, A, B, and C, what would you eat? The answer correctly is all of the above. So I'm just giving you a, a, a suggestion there. All three. It's going to be good, man. IG live with Chris Rem. I love it, man. It's a great, good. It's going to be great, man. We got you guys covered on all angles, all fronts, mm-hmm. the fantasy headliners this season. I'm telling you, it is galore, but Hey man, fantasy football starts it. We got what? Well, five of them. I want to talk about Montgomery right. or uh Mostert, man. Where are we going with this one? So I love the workload that Montgomery is most likely going to be getting uh, because Tariq Cohen's out for the next, you know, five, six weeks. So Mossert has the better matchup. I'm going with Montgomery, though, because I do think that he could still be involved in the receiving game. Yeah, fair enough. And this, this is one of these ones that I was very like, I even I even asked you, I'm like, I might I might have to force to start uh, Mossert because I have this kind of exact same situation in one of my leagues. And I mean, the, the amount of skill and speed Mossert has and, and how they could take advantage of uh, the Detroit Lions offense. And I think the, the nice uh, conjunction they're going to have with, with Sermon and Mossert together like a thunder and lightning approach, it's, it's getting better and better and it's getting tougher and tougher decision for me. Can't hate your Monty pick. I might lose out because Monty's going to likely score at least one touchdown in this game. Um, Mostert is going to be heavy uh, 80 yard run touchdown for me. I think right. Mostert is kind of my guy this week though. I think it just based on LA Rams defense, I can't touch that one. It's going to be, it's, it's going to be tough. It really is. It's going to be tough. His teammate, Trey Sermon or Deandre Swift. Oh, I'm, I'm still going swift. Um, I know going, yeah, I know swift to injury is a little bit of a concern there, but I do think that the workload is going to be there for swift and with sermon, you know, with him being the RB two, I don't know how many touches we're going to see from him, especially being a rookie. 
I'm going to go with the more proven guy. Yeah, I like it. I'm, I'm with you. I think Swift even, you know, PPR upside is going to be there even if it's late in games. Yeah. Like I said, garbage time points, man. It's fantasy football. You got to get them where you can get them. Najee Harris versus Buffalo or Monty versus the Rams? Oh, I'm, I'm going Najee. I, I really, yeah, where, where Pittsburgh pretty much completely abandoned the run game last year. This is the year where they really bring it back. They solidify, you know, both sides of, of that offense. So I love Najee Harris, you know, as like a low end RB one this week. Yeah, I like it too. I think, I think Najee is the key. He may not get all the rushing upside and appeal that you would like. If, if my uh, comments come to fruition about how the bills defensive line and defensive front is, is likely going to be improved. He could see a lot of receptions in this game, especially if the Bills secondary locks him down like I think they're going to do. I think Najee could see a Le'Veon Bell-esque six receptions, potentially a receiving touchdown in that contest. I'm definitely going Najee in that one too. Chris Godwin or Juju? Oh, see, this is a big thing because if, if Godwin isn't 100%, you know, then it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But I love the matchup for Godwin going against against Dallas. I think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to come out. They're riding the high of the Super Bowl. They're going to make a big statement. They're going to want to really just kind of pick up where they left off with that chemistry and just hang like 40 on Dallas. So give me, give me Godwin. Yeah, I like it. I, I think it's a good one. Juju's kind of a sneaky play for me because, I mean, Deontay's going to get a lot of attention. Claypool's going to get a lot. And it's mm-hmm. almost like Juju's kind of this forgotten man in this offense right now just because of the TikTok and everything that happened. Yeah. He's dancing too much. You know, he's not catching balls. Like, it's interesting. I think this could be the year he kind of turns that switch and says, you know, I got to grow up just a tad and play some ball. He's sneaky this week. Sneaky play against my Buffalo Bills. Last one I got is Javante Williams or Chase Edmonds. Oh, if you asked me this question like week eight, I would yep. have said Javante Williams hands down. No question. But I'm not. Go- yeah, but I'm not going there yet because I think that it is going to be more of a timeshare in Denver. So it's, it's going to be tough for me to go Javante now as much as I love him. He would be my pick, you know, weeks down the road. But for now, I'm going to I'm going to kind of hold off. You know what? I don't do enough spice. I'm going spice this week. If you got Javante over Edmonds, I'm starting Javante because they've been they've been putting him in the barn. He's like a thoroughbred. And and you guys know the horses, man, when you got a winning horse and I'm not trying to say this in any other way outside of just creating the analogy. If you're at the Kentucky Derby and you've had this horse that you've been training and grooming and you keep him in the stable and you want to break his mane. This is, mm-hmm. I think this is what they do. Is it going to break Javante's main this week? Maybe not, but I think he's going to run very well. He's going to let the league know that he is also a grown ass man. I think we're using that word too much, but he is this guy, man. He is just a bulldozer. Yeah. He's going to wreck people. He absolutely he's is. Break tackles. I, I, I love it. And it's like, okay, the Giants defense, yeah, they are improving. But I think Javante, even if Melvin does, if they, even if it is, let's just say Melvin even takes 60-40, I'm still going Javante. I think he's going to have a very good day. Oh, you really – now I want to change my pick. Yeah. You're, you're, yeah, I, I like the spice. I like it a lot. Nice. Nice. See, we do it. Yes, we end on a very good <laughs> note. I love it, man. This is the best. Week one, baby. We are finally here. It has arrived. Everybody, good luck to you. Week one. I think it's absolutely phenomenal. It is here. It's going to be glorious. Lots of shows to come. Check out Headliner U, of course. College Football 101. Get in there. I know we're advertising like a madman, but we got lots of stuff going on at the Fantasy Headliners, and I'm telling you, stick around. Everything is glorious. But anyway, before we get out of here, Jake has an important message, so everybody listen up. 
Yeah, real quick, though, before we get out of here, I want to take a quick second here, Chris, and I want to make sure I shout out our, our partners here for the year at Fantrax.com. I mean, Fantrax is the most customizable fantasy platform in the industry, hands down, right now, offering the greatest fantasy experience for you, uh, for your dynasty keeper, redraft, best ball leagues, whatever it is you play, they have you covered. And we want to make sure we get you guys in a position to really come in and play with us this year. We're going to have some best ball challenges with some cash prizes coming up here in the coming weeks, but you can set up your account now and it's 100% free. So head over to fantracks.com slash headliners, sign up for that free account, and then stay tuned to our Twitters, to our YouTubes, the, the community tabs on YouTube, all over the place. We're going to be posting links for these upcoming best ball challenges Totally looking forward to that, but make sure you head over there and sign up for that account right now, fantracks.com slash headliners. So on that note, that is the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. You can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore FH1. You can find Chris on Twitter at Chris Kennedy 318. To all the listeners, thank you for all the support. And on behalf of Chris, thanks again for listening. Until next time, stay safe and be kind to each other. I'm out.